Oh no, what'd you do? <laughs> Wait, no, I'm here, I'm here. I just like, while we were counting down, I was focusing on you, you so much that I forgot to pull up Garage Band. <laughs> and then so you were like, I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm here, but I'm here. Oh man, we haven't recorded in a while. We've I know, we, bad. we did like a marathon recording session and then just didn't. Here we are again. And then Adam didn't edit for a while because of the COVID. We have right. been we have been stricken in our home. Yeah, I'm going through some manic episodes. You know, it's hard. Manic depression is weird because I feel manic and also unable to do anything at all. So it's like so I'm you're like just like getting you have all nothing this done. Energy. Yeah, like, I can't even do anything. I just like usually what I do when I'm manic is just like scroll through TikToks, but like mm-hmm. never finish one. <laughs> yeah, I wish and- I could be productive. Sometimes I have manic episodes that are productive. Yeah, we were talking off air. We rearranged our whole living room just because I needed um, something, you know? Yeah. But anyway. It's like, I I can't do that. I can't imagine doing that. I used to do that when I was a kid, too. Uh, yeah, every few months. Like in your, just your like, bedroom? Yeah, I would just, like, throw all my shit in the middle of the room and then rearrange it. Did I ever tell you the story of my sleepwalking when I was a kid? I, like, wasn't a really, like, messy kid, but I, one day when I was in, like, eighth or ninth grade, I was a teenager, early teens, I had, like, a huge room cleaning day, and, like, I was, like, spotless, I cleaned this room so hard, and then that night, I uh, woke up with every single light turned on, and then I had just pulled the desk drawer out of the desk and put it in the middle of the floor and pulled every single item out of it. <laughs> While you were asleep? <laughs> I assume, unless it was a ghost, but I do have a history of doing stuff in my sleep like that. Uh, wow, <laughs> creepy. So inconvenient, but super creepy. Especially like I would always turn my alarm off or turn the lights on, and it's like so disorienting. Weird. They have that well, new only documentary. when I was a kid. Not anymore. Probably because I was in like and in, in times of like major stress in my life, I've sleptwalked. Sometimes I have eaten in my sleep in like really really traumatic and stressful times. Wow. There's, yeah, yeah, that new documentary, which I've heard of it before, but yeah, like, people murdering people in their sleep. Or there was one story of this, I don't, I think it was a woman who would go out at night and, like, do, perform sex work and not realize it, and then come home with, like, weird, like, bruises and, like, with her clothing all array, and, like, her husband was like, the fuck is going on? And then they, like, he, like, tracked her one night, and she was dead asleep. And then, yeah, people murder people in their sleep. They eat. They drive oh cars. God, wait, it's what, wild. What platform is this uh, on? Uh, well, the sleep murder documentary, I think, is on Hulu. But I haven't watched it yet. Sleep murder doc. Yeah, it's That's crazy. my tagline for it that I just invented. <laughs> sleep murder doc. That's murder pretty doc. good. Uh, Uh, oh boy happy birthday annie happy birthday if we managed to get this on the feed in time for your birthday unclear (laughs) she'll be okay either way uh we yeah so we were an m night Shyamalan household i don't know how it started everybody loves six sense we watched unbreakable which was his sophomore movie and everybody loves signs i think signs is my sister and my mom's favorite Shyamalan joint 
But uh, we watched this movie a lot. It was a big part of my childhood. So, happy birthday, Annie. Hope you like it. Happy birthday, Annie. We I haven't seen like it, it in like a decade. So I haven't seen it in a long, long time either. I've only seen it once, and I only really remembered the basement scene. I sort of forgot the whole rest really? of it. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I forgot how funny it was. Like, I, I find yeah, this Yeah, I will say, I think I texted this to you. On the like first day of trying to watch the movie, usually as you know, it's <laughs> uh, But yeah, it's like a shame because Graham is such a likable, complex, well-written character, but Mel yeah. Gibson is like the scum of the scum of the earth. Uh, yeah, I I didn't. Yeah, I was maybe eleven. 10 or 11 when this movie came out. Uh, loved it. Thought Mel Gibson was charming. Had a crush on Joaquin Phoenix. And then as I got older, it was like, oh no. Oh no. Yeah. What have women want? The... Seen it a million times. I was going to ask, have you listened to the Bechtel cast episode? It really, um, on what women want. Oh no. I it's, bet uh, I, it would really break me. It's a lot. Like. I watched that movie when I was a teenager, like an early teenager with my parents. And it was like so cute and funny, but it's so sinister. (laughs) It's very sinister. Yeah. Like I loved Helen Hunt. Mad about you. Come on. And who doesn't love Helen Hunt? Star of Twister. Star of Twister. Yeah. Blonde of the 90s. Not to be confused with Bonnie Hunt, who was also coming up as a blonde in the 90s, but more of the mom. She had more mom roles. I feel uh, like Bonnie Hunt never got the recognition she deserved. She was a very good actress. I agree. She kind of just faded away. Where are you now, Bonnie? You okay? I'm sure she's fine. Bonnie! Uh, oh, this is the spooky succubus class. <laughs> Six, it's six minutes in. Five minutes worry. later, yeah. Uh, um, I'm Abby. This is Rebecca. Anti-racist, yeah. anti-capitalist, intersectional feminist, anti-cop, anti-Caroline podcast about horror movies. Today we're talking about Signs. It's a signs. movie about God, ultimately. Ugh. Upsetting. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I love... So- all the way up until the end. The last, like, five minutes I could trash completely. There are some really funny moments. Uh, mm-hmm. It's generally paced pretty well. If you like movies that are just a lot of shots of farmhouses <laughs> with nothing <laughs> happening. I think it's really, I think the tension building is fun. Again, I'm not sure if I've gaslit myself into loving this movie. It looks just like really I've seen nice property to live on. Um yeah. Like, also, that corn is ready to be harvested. What are they doing? Uh, do they hire people to harvest it? I was a little confused about, That's a big about, field, like, yeah. Um, what's the, yeah, what's going on here? But is Meryl going to swing it all out of the stalks? Yes. That's how they harvest the corn. He just, like, 107-footer straight down all the stalks. In the what corn. universe are Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix brothers? I think they, they could, could maybe pass for an uncle and, yeah, a nephew, but not brothers. No. Yeah. I think Joaquin Phoenix was, like, in his late 20s in this movie, and I think Mel Gibson Mel was in G- his 40s. Mel Gibson 40s. is already 100 in this movie. Like, yeah. especially in the scene with the asthma attack, you just look at the side of his face, and you're like, you are so crinkly. Wear some sunscreen, sir. Like, me, like That's what I- happens when you're racist, xenophobic, misogynistic... <laughs> 
and you don't wear sunscreen. Your face looks like that. Uh, let's see. Mel Gibson was born in 56. Joaquin Phoenix was born in 74. So, yeah, they're... Father and son. They're 18 years apart. Yeah, they're... Uh, yeah, uncle and nephew. Uncle and nephew makes a lot more sense. I think that's also passable. I don't know. Joaquin Phoenix does look a lot older than... He looks like he would a have been child and an elderly man all at once. 28. He looks a lot older than that in this movie, so... Mm. Don't know what happened there. Maybe also not enough sunscreen. That's uh, the white man's problem. I don't need sunscreen. You literally do. Everybody. I mean, if Adam, I've been known. This, I'm talking about you. You need sunscreen. Um, I yeah, swam a lot when I was a kid. That was my sport up and all the way through high school. And I can count maybe on like one hand how many times I put sunscreen on. So who knows what's coming for me? I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, I was a child, okay? I'm I was hanging in charge. my head. <laughs> so, yeah, sunscreen didn't, like, the thought of it didn't kick in until much later. Uh, please, so. if you're listening out there and you don't wear a daily SPF, please take this moment to just, you know, put it on your list, put it in your Sephora cart, whatever. Like, please wear a daily SPF. Um... But I, mean, I think I look my age. We'll see. I don't even remember how old you are. Are you 30? I'm 30, yeah. I don't know. What do 30-year-olds look like? But sometimes, yeah, I tell people I'm 30 and they're like, what? Like, I think I look about 30. I don't know. I have a lot of gray hairs. But uh, anyway, my gray sister. Gray for cool girls. Like, who is, cool witchy girls. Yeah, so witchy. My sister has always looked younger than me. Uh, still does. She does have so. a young face. She's yeah. very young face, and she's shorter, so people always thought I was the older sister. So, but that's fine. Um, people thought Emma was the older sister. I I think they mostly think I, I think I've mentioned this that we are dating each other. Yeah, you guys don't look like sisters. No, well, that's life, baby. That's life. What are you gonna do about it? Anyway, let's talk about these brothers. Yeah, they're they're so good. You know, just a good corn-fed, literally American family. <laughs> um, so we open on like the longest title sequence in history. There's a bookman's font backlit in like a blue light. It's very confusing. I actually. <laughs> It took so long for sound to come in that I thought my computer was broken. Yeah, it was like beep, 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 like turning my sound <laughs> up. And then finally it comes in. I was like, what's going on? It, oh. Like, it's unnecessarily long. Um, Mel Gibson, as Graham Hess, wakes up suddenly. And while brushing his teeth, he hears a little girl scream. His brother, Joaquin Phoenix, as Merrill Hess, is startled awake in the barn that he lives in. Also from another scream, they both run outside and hear the children yelling. They look around the farm, but head into the cornfield. They find little Abigail Breslin as Bo. She's, She's so, so cute. cute. Oh, my gosh. It hurts me how cute she is. Uh, she thinks she's still dreaming. Morgan shouts, Morgan, played by Rory Culkin, Abby's least favorite Culkin. <laughs> Have you seen the Wa- the Waco series? No. He plays, like, the boyfriend of one of the cult members in the Waco series, and he is so annoying if you have seen this please you're you may be entitled to financial compensation for how annoying (laughs) rory culkin is uh i like the culkins kieran is my favorite he's everybody's favorite culkin he's the best one uh 
And I don't know. This is this and Scream 4 are the only things I know Rory from. So you got to prove it to um, me. You got to send me a clip or something to show fine, me how I'll annoying send you he is. Clip. It's awful. I just like that hair and like, I don't know. Like, talk about someone who needs SPF. Ugh. He's very pale. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job of being a precocious child in this movie. Uh, so he plays Morgan. Uh, and he shouts for... No, he's really cute in this movie. He's I think cute. He gets, he gets annoying the older he gets. Um, he shouts for them okay. to come further into the cornfield. What? No, nothing. I was just looking up Waco. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm <laughs> okay. doing. Okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, and he shows them a crop circle. Their dogs were barking in the night, and that's what woke them up. Morgan thinks that God did it. We pan out and see a whole crop design. Graham calls a neighbor hoping that it was Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington Brothers. They say this Those so many times. Dang, Wolfington Brothers are really causing trouble. Dang, Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington Brothers. Um, Dang it. <laughs> he thinks it was them messing around, but they were at the movies, so they're cleared of all charges. Okay, they have an alibi <laughs> at the movies. Uh, one of their dogs, Houdini, has peed on the floor, and uh, Morgan so thinks sad. that he's sick. Poor baby. Uh, Cherry Jones, as off- Officer Paskey, comes to see what's going on. I uh, wrote her name as KK Caroline. Yeah. that's what she is. She's the cop. But, I mean, we'll talk about the coding of police officers and older women but later on. But, yeah, there's some, there's lots to say. That hag. <laughs> that old hag who's 40. Um, Morgan and Bo try to give the dog water. Um, Bo comments on her theory of contaminated water, and Houdini barks and growls at them. Um, Officer Paskey and Graham go look at the crop circles, and they speculate. Wait, I wrote, Cook Caroline and Graham investigate the cook corn. The cook corn. It's too perfect. broken. Bent. It's bent. Yeah, it's too perfect. <laughs> you like it? You keep... <laughs> Who the fuck are you? I'm just trying to say one sentence. Uh, it's too perfect to be done by hand, and no machine could bend them without breaking them. As Abby said, they were bent. Not Pas- broken. <laughs> not broken. Paskey was at Theo's farm yesterday um, because some animals have been acting funny. Not sick, she says, more like alert. Peeing on themselves like they would if they smelled a predator, which is what happened to Houdini earlier. Graham asks her to stop calling him father. He gets up to leave, but he doesn't hear the It's kids. like, don't call me father, call me daddy. Yeah, there's some yeah. weird uh, Very sexual tension yeah. between them. Um... So they don't hear the kids. More, so they head back out of the cornfield. Morgan is sitting over Houdini crying. He stabbed him in the neck because he was trying to kill Bo, who sits on the jungle gym looking scared. Graham tells Meryl to tie up Isabel, the other dog, and make sure the knot is tight. Bo wakes Graham up in the middle of the night because there's a monster outside her window and she needs a new glass of water because hers is, has dust in it. This also, I used to do this, still do, do all really, the time. the water yeah. thing? Any beverage, yeah. Like, if it's... I've been sitting there a while, I need a new one. And I always... I did that even more frequently when I was a kid with any beverage. I don't know. I don't think I just... I don't think I drank water when I was a kid. That's why... 
I really think like that's why I normally drink out of water bottles, even when I'm at my house like I am right now, because there's a lid on it. That makes and sense. I hate flies. I'm yeah. afraid of house flies, so I'm always paranoid yeah. that there's bugs in it. Um, so I can relate, Bo. While discussing Bo and Morgan's dead mother, Graham looks up and sees a figure standing on the roof of Meryl's barn. He wakes Meryl, who is asleep on the couch inside the house. Uh, he thinks it's Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers back to Dang fuck with it, them. Lionel! <laughs> They have to say the full thing every time. Lana Pritchard and the Wolfington Brothers. Brothers. Like, how many Wolfington Brothers are there? I don't don't understand. Like, are they really terrorizing you this way? The whole pack. Meanwhile, poor Lee Wolfington is just, like, trying to get by with these (laughs) insane children of his. How old are the Wolfington Brothers? How old is Lionel Pritchard? We don't know. (laughs) Well, we Uh, do meet They're never seen. When? Oh He's yeah, the, Lionel. In the recruiter's Michael office. Showalter. Yeah. Okay, Michael yeah. Showalter is so funny. First time I've ever made that connection in this movie ever. I didn't realize that. I was like, I wanna watch Wet Hot American Summer right yeah. now. Um Meryl wants to kick their asses and said says they should run around the house, outside of the house, acting crazy and then meet up on the other side. He wants Graham to curse, but he doesn't want to because he's an ex priest. Or pastor. It's very confusing. I'm confused. We'll get into the coding later. Does they say father? He wears some collar. There are some like more conservative, like Protestant factions. Like I think Episcopalian priests wear the collar, but they also can. They can still fuck. I'm confused. (laughs) I was like so confused because that never clicked for me as a kid. But yeah, Catholic priests, as we know from the unholy, can't fuck even if they really want to. So I yeah, I didn't know. To fuck. Um, while running around, they see some trash cans being knocked over, but me back on the other side, having not encountered anyone else, they hear rustling. It's pretty funny. Uh, I'm going insane. (laughs) It's funny. This movie has like funny parts. Um, they hear rustling on the roof and disturbances in the crops, and Meryl wonders if it was Lionel Pritchard or not. Damn it, Lionel! Lionel! Lionel. Uh, uh, bo- oh, the motion! The motion in the ocean! Motion in the corn! Motion in the corn! Uh, bo-, bo watching Dexter's laboratory. Oh so my God. cute. Bo never finishes a glass of water and thinks all her old glasses are contaminated and they're all over the house. Uh, Paskey, who's there to talk about the late night encounter, tells Meryl it was nice of him to move in with Graham after his wife passed. Uh, mm, the brothers try to describe the person I'm like, they it saw. It seems like you're just living somewhere for free. So I mean, it sounds nice too. Though uh, the brothers try to describe the person they saw, but it was very dark. Yes, it was. It was very dark. I wish they hadn't said. The, an offensive slur for little people two times oh, I know. in yeah. Am I looking for a giant or a... Well, yeah, like, why? Caroline dies on this hill of Scandinavian women being able to jump high, and I was like, wow, feminist hero, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make it such, like, an otherworldly thing for women to be athletes. I'm like, ah, oh, it's regular. I'm sure there were women who played minor league baseball, too. You're like, I don't know Meryl. if you know, but... Women have arms. Right now. <laughs> um, so... While they oh, talk... I- 
But this was weird, too, when they were like, a woman from out of town yelled at a vending machine and then disappeared. And then they I never think circle back to that. There's also the... Like, well, Paskey tells these, like, town, like, stories of crazy incidents happening. Like, the old lady who's spitting on the skateboards is, like, a story she tells when she first comes in. And then the oh, lady yeah. yelling about the cigarettes is, like, another instance of, like, everybody's on edge right now. Cigarette vending machines, man. Those were the Whew. days. Um, while there's they, one at our local pizzeria, Elaney's. I never saw a cigarette vending machine before. Can't relate. I, I think it might still be there. I don't know if they're legal anymore. <laughs> Can't sell cigarettes from a vending machine. Why not? I don't. I guess anyone could buy them. I don't know. I guess, but would anyone buy them? I don't Children, know. I guess. Um. While they talk, breaking news bulletin comes over the TV on every channel. Crop circles have shown up all over India, and an expert says that they might. this might be, quote, for real. Paskey suggests the family has been through a lot, and they shouldn't trouble themselves with, with what's going on or watch the TV. They should go into town and get distracted. In town, they all go their separate ways. The kids go to the bookstore, Graham to the pharmacy, where a young pharmacist tries to give a confession to him. Another thing, I'm like, that's a Catholic thing, but I don't know. Also, that actress, who I can't remember the name of her. Is also in New Girl. That's how I know She's her. in New Girl. She was also in this movie called All I Want to Do, which is like a very, very strange movie that I was, ha- was into. It had like a cult following, but it was about these girls at a boarding school that strike. And I can't remember why they strike, but it's very funny. But um, I was like, that actress, Merrick Garland, that's not her name. <laughs> IMDb. Something. She's in stuff, yeah. But she has always been, like, the fat, like, a fat actress, like, fat representation. Mm -hmm. And when I saw her in this movie when she was, like, really young, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I do not know how we all escaped the, like, late 90s and early 2000s, like, intact (sighs) mentally, the way they told us people were fucking fat. Merritt Weaver, that's her name. It's, yeah, like, the fat phobia and, like, the the actresses that they, and actor, like, actors in general who they told us were fat. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Even, like, what was I thinking the other day? Seth Rogen. I'm like, he is not a fat person. Why are you all trying to fat. gaslight me into thinking that he's fat? He's, he's a regular-sized like, man. Pretty much straight size, yeah. The fuck? Uh, I'm trying to find a picture of her in Confused. Because, holy, they probably don't even have a picture of her. She's not on even, the cover, because she's the fat one. The, <laughs> even in the new girls, yeah, she was like, They're like, the oh, fat It's girlfriend. so disgusting that you would ever date that woman. She's so fat and gross. Like, Yeah. Yeah, hold, all right. So this is... Like, it's like Valentine all over again. I'm currently sharing my screen with you. Makes sense. This is what we're here to do. So on the left, this is Merritt Weaver in this movie that I really liked. And they oh were like, my she God. is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so we'll put it on the Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> you did love Kirsten Dunst in the, in uh, the yeah, 90s. Yeah, this movie is incredible. I'm going to save it to my desktop right now. So I don't Strike. Putting That's it what it was called. Instagram. It was called Strike, and then it also was called All I Want to Do, and it was just boarding school girls that had, like, a secret club where they ate cold ravioli, and they wanted to see their, 
<laughs> they wanted to see their like townie boyfriends, so they wanted a strike. But one of the things I really remember is Matthew Lawrence is in that movie as the Gabby Hoffman's Lawrence. boyfriend. And it's set in like the 60s, 70s, I think 60s. And so they want to have sex for the first time. And Matthew Lawrence's character doesn't want to use a condom. So he brings uh, Gabby Hoffman's character this like vaginal foe. <laughs> yeah it's a super funny scene and i'm like i mean i didn't know what they were talking about when i saw the movie when i was 10 but now i'm like now it's funny cultural commentary all right back to science back to science here we go here we are what were we talking about i don't remember uh so and yeah so he's at the pharmacy and then meryl goes to the army recruitment office this very creepy officer says some folks have reported to him seeing strange people around the last couple of days, but they keep to the shadows. He believes it's a reconnaissance mis- mission and they are checking things out to make sure it's safe for the rest of them to come. He recognizes Meryl from when he played minor league baseball. He set a record for hitting a 507 footer over the left field wall. I have no idea what that means. He is, he holds seven minor league records to this day. Um, but also, Including as Lionel Pritchard, minus you, the Wolfington bro- brothers, no Wolfington brothers around. Yeah, like, are you allowed to travel without the Wolfington brothers, Lionel? Um, he's played by Michael Showalter, who I love, love him, uh, in a black leather jacket. So he's a bad guy in a bad wig. Um He says that he also holds the record for the most strikeouts, and that's why he didn't go pro um he says that Merrill would swing every time no matter what no matter who's on base and he has more strikeouts than any two players combined Merrill says it felt wrong not to swing while they all eat pizza late like later they said they were going to meet up Graham stops and recognizes someone getting in their car someone played by M. Night Shyamalan and himself they all stare and he takes off in his car Morgan found Bo's old baby monitor and has started and it has started picking up a signal. He thinks it's from them and points up to the sky. Meryl speculates that all the crop circles are just a bunch of incels and they should ignore it. I mean, fair point. I mean, that's where my brain would start, too, I think. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, they all turn the they turn up the volume on the baby monitor and start to step out of the car. Morgan hears voices and like a language being spoken and he makes them all stop. Uh, And then he says it gets louder and clearer the higher you go. So then they all start climbing on the car and Morgan points the monitor as high as as high as as high up as he can go. Um, and here's what he thinks is two of them talking. It's so cute because Bo is like crawling up the car because uh, Graham's like, I don't want you crawling on the car. And she it's just so starts cute. going. And then she's like crawling up the windshield and Meryl is holding on to her. And then after the signal fade, she just like slides back down the windshield. It's so cute. She's adorable. so adorable. Like even when she cries, normally I don't love children, but she's like she just makes the cutest little cry face. Adorable. So prish. I hope she got place. out of child acting, like unscathed. I think she does adult acting now. Abigail, are you okay? A- not you. The other. I'm not Abigail. okay. As you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I saw a scary movie that like wasn't that great, but she was in it. I feel like I've Probably seen her bad. in stuff recently. I don't remember she what they are, stuff. but I'm sure she's doing great. 
Bow is know, such a cute she's, name. She was in Little Miss Sunshine. Great movie. Yeah. Love, love every second of it. Again, Tony Collette can do no wrong. Uh, oh, she was in Zombieland. Remember? Oh, yeah, she was in Zombieland. Final Girl. I don't know what that is. Perfect uh, Sisters. The Call. Sure. The Call. That is that what it was? Casey Wilson. Is it like a no. Slayers? Maybe is. she's in the the Cannibals. Maybe she's like a she's pivoting to horror movies, which I like. She is sort Good of a scream queen. Uh, what the fuck is that movie called? Does anyone care out there? Tell me. You keep you looking, and I'll keep going. Blink twice if you care. <laughs> blink, 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 blink. While feeding Isabel, uh, nope, that's not where it was. Oh, yeah, while feeding Isabel, he hears noises in the crops and the dog is going crazy. This is Graham. He heads into the crops with a flashlight and calls out that he's not going to report anything and no one's going to get famous from this. Like, you're talking to yourself, (laughs) friend. So funny. Uh, On the way back out, he hears like a rattling, chirping noise similar to what they heard on the baby monitors. He drops his light and when he picks it up, he sees a leg disappearing into the field and then. Freaks the fuck it's out. It's really funny. It's like a very <laughs> statuesque like. Okay, the movie is called Haunter that I'm thinking of. Uh, Never seen it. A teenager is stuck in a time loop that is not quite the same each time and just to uncover the truth, but her actions have consequences for herself and others. <gasps> it was happy fine. Day. It was I fine. think it's like worth it because I will watch any scary movie on any streaming platform, as you know. Yeah, I, I same, same here. Uh, Fear Inc. Yeah, she's definitely going horror movie route. Good Atta for you. Girl. Um, so he's run back into the house. Um, and he says it's okay for all of them to watch TV now. On the TV, they say an aircraft has been spotted, sighted first from Air Mexico craft flying into Mexico City airspace. Um, and is now just hovering there. Morgan wants to tape the footage. The kids fall asleep as they watch. Um, Meryl wants to want some comfort from Graham, quote, like he used to. Graham says that people fall into two groups, the kinds that see signs and miracles and the kind that thinks they are all alone and things just happen. Meryl tells a story of almost making out with a drunk girl and proclaims he's a miracle person and asks which one Graham is. Graham says it shouldn't matter if he feels comforted. And but then tells Meryl the last words Colleen, his dead wife, said were see and swing away, not because they meant anything, but because her ner- the nerve endings in her brain were firing and dying and she had a random memory pop in her head. Dark, but true, except for this movie believes in God. So I know the, Graham is so much more relatable when he has completely <sighs> lost his faith and he's like, everything is meaningless. And then. Putting his collar back oh. on. Blah. Terrible. I hated <laughs> okay. it. Um, we flash back to see Graham and his priest collar show up to a car accident scene. Paskey says Ray fell asleep at the wheel and is all right, but Colleen isn't in an ambulance. Um, Graham wakes up and finds Meryl watching TV in the closet. He didn't want the kids to keep watching because they would get obsessed like he's obsessed. The footage seems shows uh, what seems like an aircraft that the aircraft has disappeared, but a bird flew into what is like an invisible wall and fell straight down. Um, Morgan and Bo are looking at the extraterrestrial book Morgan bought at the bookstore yesterday. They're wearing tinfoil hats and Graham is very skeptical. It's so funny. It's like so cute too. the way he's like trying not to dismiss their feelings and like ideas about stuff, but it's also like a good dad. 
Yeah, being a good dad. Uh, he flips through the book and sees an illustration of an aircraft setting a farmhouse on fire, and the house looks eerily similar to their own. He gets a call, and someone says, Father, but then suddenly hangs up. Uh, he storms out of the house saying he's going to Ray Reddy's house because he thinks he just called, but no one else should leave. He goes to Ray's, who's a veterinarian, but it appears no one's there. All of his stuff is packed up, and Ray is sitting in his car bleeding from the abdomen from his abdomen somewhere. Uh, Ray says he had never fallen asleep at the wheel before and he hasn't since. Um, on his way home, he didn't pass a car in either direction for miles and must have dozed off the exact second he passed her walking. And it seems like fate. So Ray is the one who killed Colleen when he fell asleep at the wheel. He apologizes for what he's done, says he's going to lake to the lake because it seems like they don't like water. He says he locked one of them in the pantry and uh, Graham shouldn't open it. In the closet, Meryl sees footage shot in Brazil. This scared me. This, like, gave me goosebumps as I was watching it and I knew exactly what was happening. It scared me when I was a kid. It's so goofy. It's very it's goofy, like I understand. <laughs> I thought it was scary. The I music cues. your feelings. Thank you. Um, it looks like a nice birthday party, to be honest. Look like fun. So the news is broadcasting this footage from Brazil. It's like a kid's birthday party. All these kids are laughing or yelling and shouting, um, and they're like the camera person is like following them around. And then we see that an alien walk behind bushes. Um, and yes, I guess it is it's very like, scary. Hey! But <laughs> I thought that I, alien seems to just be having a nice evening walk. It's like I don't. Whoop see any reason to like malign the alien who's not bothering them leaving them to their cake and just strolling along and then uh, meryl shouting for the kids to move is also pretty hilarious like the kids on the video he's like move but uh he he says says vominos which is is spanish and not portuguese not portuguese meryl's kind of an idiot um so at Ray's, Graham again starts talking to the alien in the cupboard as if he's like a kid messing around uh, and he claims to be a cop. He looks under the door with a knife um, and tries to peek, but then is like, think, thinks better of it. And it's like, no, never mind. But then he decides he's going to look under just as a three fingered hand pops out from under the door and he chops two of its fingers off and runs out. When he returns home, the kids uh, and Meryl are all wearing tinfoil hats. Morgan so says uh, that in his book there was an invasion and they would probably strike on the ground, either um, lose and retreat or win. Bum, bum, bum. Uh. Graham wants to go near water but is outvoted by everyone else, so they decide to stay home and board up the windows and doors. Uh, the news says they are appearing at or within one mile of the crop circles and that this uh, appears to be an attack procedure and they are hostile. <laughs> Morgan promises not to let anything happen to the kids. Um, and Morgan says he wishes that Meryl was his dad. Um, they decide to all sleep in the family room together and make whatever each of them wants for dinner, which includes spaghetti, French toast, chicken teriyaki, bacon, cheeseburgers, and mashed potatoes. How do they have all the ingredients for these items? That's that was the first thought that popped in my head when I was watching. Is like I would have to go to the store for pretty much all of those. Like I could make spaghetti happen. I could make mashed potatoes and French toast happen. I can make French maybe, toast. Maybe I could make chicken teriyaki happen. 
I don't have enough. Maybe. I don't just like have potatoes lying around in here. Like I would need I to go to get at this particular moment. I don't have them all the time though. But the yeah. bacon cheeseburger. No, you have burger buns. You just have burger buns. What do you have burger buns for? What do you have Why burger are they patties there? for? There's only What's four your plan? of them. I, I couldn't, yeah, like chicken teriyaki. I don't, I couldn't, I don't have, like, I maybe have, like, spaghetti sauce and some dry pasta, but I don't think it's spaghetti specifically. I don't know. I, Suspect. right now, happen to have spaghetti. Happen to have spaghetti. Just like. Normally, I don't know. No, I think I have a box of penne in there, but. Penne? Totally different. Uh, penne? I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan wants to say a prayer, but Graham refuses. Morgan says he hates him and he let mom die, but Graham will not waste another minute of his life Drama. on prayer. Drama. I, so, yeah, like I said when I texted you, this is literally like the most boomer dad response. Like, if you're not going to eat it, then I'm going to eat it. Because so, <laughs> Bo starts crying. Graham yells for her to stop, which is like a, also a very boomer response. And then he says that if they're not going to eat, he, and then he starts like stabbing things, shoving food in his mouth and bawling. Like crying. He like literally doesn't know how to have a healthy emotional response. <laughs> um, And then Morgan and Bo come up and hug him. And then he pulls Meryl out of his seat. So they're all hugging. That's like a very sweet when he like pulls Meryl by the shirt. It's like, you must hug. We must hug. The baby monitor goes off, um, and the TV is only on a distress signal. No more broadcasts. Graham and Meryl start boarding up the last door to distract the children. Uh, He tells the story of Bo's birth and that she didn't cry, and all the nurses thought she was an angel. Blah, blah, blah. They all go downstairs into the basement uh, and hear Isabel, or go downstairs, not to the basement yet. They go downstairs and hear Isabel barking. Um, she whines and whimpers and suddenly stops. Dead dog. R.I.P. Two dead yeah. dogs in this movie. Uh, there is banging on multiple doors and the roof. Uh, Graham tells Morgan the story of when he was born to distract them also again. Also boring. This one's even more boring. The window <laughs> breaks uh, and Meryl says they're in the house. They all go down into the basement and wedge an axe against the door. Meryl broke a light um, while he was getting it and they all whip out their flashlights. They find an old radio but oh, nothing is happened. on. I yeah. wrote, light goes out. I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then Graham says that they're making noise outside the door, but not trying to come in. And why would they do that? But to distract them. And remembers they used to pour coal into the basement. Why was someone pouring coal into a basement? To farmhouse? heat the house, probably. I guess. Okay. It was probably a coal furnace to heat the house. It's an old house. How did they, but in what form was the coal? Was it just like big? lumps of coal that grate was suspect yeah the grate was weird okay so uh and they look for the shoot they find morgan standing right in front of it and then a hand reaches out and grabs him that's like a little it was probably like the scariest shot i would say it was a little scary yeah there are scary parts i i know you don't agree but i think there's i don't disagree that it has some creepy parts i think it's just extremely boring (laughs) Um, so they drop the flashlight and we don't see the scuffle happening. They get in, um, and, and Meryl stacks soil bags in front of the opening. Like, that's going to stop like, anything at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Morgan is having trouble breathing because he has asthma and they forgot his inhaler. Bad. 
down. If you don't want to watch a 10-minute scene of a child struggling to Breathing breathe, irregularly. I don't recommend this movie. <laughs> uh, Graham tries to get Morgan's breathing regular again just by, like, having him focus, which is not how asthma works. I will tell you. I think, uh, I think I, that's, like, like, I don't think you can, like, live, laugh, love an asthma attack your away. way think, yeah you can't just yeah, like manifest but, your lungs to work no but okay yeah. uh yeah i have exercise induced asthma i've had an asthma attack a couple times it's if i've learned very scary from horror movies i feel like people that have chronic asthma should keep like a little fanny pack or like a little couch around their neck inhaler. i don't have one i need one but you should yeah. have an inhaler you idiot I know the word. Well, it's really only if I like can feel it coming. Like if I like am working out or running. If I'm like on a run and I can, I can feel has it. Has that ever happened when you're to... bartending? No, it's it has. It's like heavy cardiovascular activity. I get an asthma attack. I could have uh, exercise induced asthma and not know because I don't <laughs> usually do heavy cardiovascular <laughs> activity. It's really what the worst time it ever happened. My mom has regular asthma, like all the time asthma. So she had an inhaler, but it was like I had like my sister had got it. Annie got it in my head. It was just probably true that the last leg of your run should be the fastest. That's like when you push yourself. So I used to always sprint home like from my run. I would like sprint home and I think it was in high school and I sprinted home and I got through the door and I like. Yeah, it's like. You, like, are breathing, like, you're doing all the normal things for breathing, but nothing is coming in or going out. And it's, like, you're not quite choking. You're just, like, in, like, yeah. nothing is working anymore. And then you, and then I was starting to have a panic attack, and then my mom couldn't find her inhaler, and it was just her and I in the house, and it was, like, very scary. I, like, really thought I was going to die. I, like, was just, like, on the floor, like, on all fours, like, like, crying, like, tears streaming down my face. Yeah, it was really scary. Anyway. That's terrifying it wasn't like no one could like just i couldn't just like pray to god that my lungs started breathing again it was like i had to like the inhaler yeah, like and you then... need like medicine chemicals yeah <laughs> chemicals um, and even after the inhaler it's like yeah like it's like takes a while it's not like an instant relief but anyway so he wills himself out of his asthma attack uh and grandpa thank you proclaims, Jesus. thank you god uh, he proclaims he hates God, um, and but then tells Morgan he doesn't have to be afraid. He just needs to believe the air is coming. No, uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> we're also, back. It's in- so uncomfortable because he's like, breathe when I breathe. So it's just like a lot of dare I say dry humping the air while they mm. breathe, and he like grips yeah. his dad's pants. I did not mm-hmm. enjoy it personally. Uh, his attack passes and we're in flashback again. Paskey says Ray's truck has pinned Colleen against a tree and the truck is holding her together. But if they move the truck, she'll die. So they called him to be with her for as long as she's got left. Um, back in reality, oops, there goes gravity. Meryl heard on the radio (laughs) (laughs) that they are leaving, um, and that they secreted poison gas and a lot of people died and some of the wounded have been left. Some of like the alien wounded have been left behind. Meryl says they cleared Philadelphia but the, and the outliers, but there's no way of knowing for sure if they are safe. But Morgan needs his medicine, which is upstairs. They don't hear anything over the baby monitor, and so they all go upstairs. Morgan is still asleep, recovering on the couch, and Meryl goes to look for Morgan's medicine. 
Bo says people on TV are dancing. Her little dance is so cute. She's like, uh, uh, she's like just like swinging her arms. It's so cute. And she's wearing like a blue like princess dress. Adorable. Um, I love her little face. I'm looking at Abigail Breslin's like grown up face. Her grown up looks the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She is like a total screen queen though. Wow. Love. Um, so Bo says people are dancing and Graham goes to get the TV out of the closet and bang, bring it back into the living room so that Morgan can see. While wheeling it out, he sees the alien in the reflection. It's holding Morgan and all three of them stop dead. Meryl goes to get... Meryl, like, tries to lunge forward to get him, but Graham stops him. The alien is the one that was trapped in Ray's cupboard because it only has two fingers. Um, it, like, a little, like... Spike comes out of the palm of its hand and he has it like poised over Morgan's face. Um, We're in flashback again and we see Colleen pinned up against a tree. She says she was walking, taking a walk before dinner and that this was meant to be. She says, tell Morgan to play games. It's okay to be silly. Tell Bo to listen to her brother. He'll always protect her. Tell Graham, tell him to see, tell Meryl to swing away. Uh, Back with the alien. Graham stops the base spots <laughs> spots the baseball bat on the wall and tells Meryl to swing away. The alien sprays Morgan's face with a stinger and with the little stinger it had in its palm, and Meryl hits him in the back hits the alien in the back with the bat and it drops Morgan. The so alien boring. Fa- so, boring. so boring. Uh, the alien falls into like a shelf, I think, and water spills on its shoulder and it burns them. More, uh, Graham takes the kids outside and gives Morgan his medicine out on the lawn. Meryl knocks the alien over again and more water spills on it, killing them. Outside, Graham holds Morgan and says it had to be on purpose. His lungs were closed. That's why he has asthma. It had to be on purpose. Morgan wakes up and asks if someone saved him and Graham says someone did. We pan around the house, and now it's God. winter. All is quiet, and Graham is back, back in his priestly collar and black clothes. We hear the kids and Meryl laughing downstairs. The end. God did it. What it God. a drag that it was God at the end of the day. You know what I would have, like, I the water is a plot hole. Yeah. I, that's not fun. Whatever. I can kind of overlook that as, like, a bad plot device. But the God thing is just, like... Couldn't it just have been, like, yeah, that, like, time is simultaneous and the mom was dead and she saw... I don't even like... I don't like any of it. God like is the literally mom. the worst. Oh, my God. Hello. Did you hear that? So. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I was, uh, so, I was trying to look at pictures from signs, but it was uh, the trailer and it really scared me. And I thought so. my doorbell was ringing. So, uh, yeah, God is the worst, like... I don't know. So I guess like the plot hinges on there being like, first of all, a lot of people that believe in God don't believe in aliens because they believe that God is like the only higher power. So that's one thing. Number one. Yeah. Secondly, it's super xenophobic. It's super xenophobic because uh uh, it's like, oh, God is. Like, the higher power or the thing that's out there that protects, like, white Christianity and Christendom and these, like, invaders or aliens that are, like, trying to threaten their established way of life or whatever. Uh, And I just feel like, I mean, 
is that what it's supposed to be like? It's supposed to be like, okay, there's like no resolution about why they came here, where they came from, right? What they want. They just it like, seems desire less about violence. aliens and more about God, is what it seems like. Yeah, I hate God. Well, I've, and it's God's not real, you guys. Sorry to break real. it to you. Um, I mean, whatever you know, it, you believe whatever you want to believe. I'm not gonna tell you what. <laughs> but to you're but you're wrong. <laughs> Uh, but this is just so, it feels like, it, like, turned this whole, like, sort of tension building kind of fun, kind of, like, you can have hope without it being uh, faith in God. Like, you can still make a hopeful film without it being God was there to save us. And what about all the people who died? Yeah, a lot of people died. What about them? And they are just, like, dealing in these very ludicrous absolutes where it's, like, Either you're the kind of person that believes in God and believes, like, that hope is out there and signs matter, or you're going to die alone, cold, uh, knowing that no one will protect you. <laughs> that's, like, that's so, like, Christendom and Christianity's, like, messaging around atheism. Like, you can't be fulfilled or complete unless you believe in a higher power. But, like, yes, I can. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, I mean, no why one do you is care? Why do you care? Why do you care what I think, you know? It's also, like, if that was the message, like, him thinking you either have to have hope and faith in God or you're alone, is, like, shouldn't his, like, love and protection of his family really be what saves yeah, the like day? and not matter. Yeah, and not this, like, God is the absolute. And it's also, like, really offensive that God had to kill their mom so that she could tell them what like this is ultimate fridge fridge we talk about like fridging is kind of like a concept that could be you know interpreted in many ways but this is this is a, fridge. a straight across straight ahead fridge yeah a woman died was put in a fridge slash died so that a man or men meryl and graham could move a plot forward and ultimately save themselves and save the day that and is have a fridge. this like epiphany. straight line fridge yeah. That came at the expense of her literally getting split in two by a truck, pinning her to a tree. Like, yeah. what the fuck? That's fucked up. Yeah, that is, like, yeah, so God had to, no other way to get these signs across except for to murder children's mother so that she could tell them to swing away? Like, I'm so confused. Couldn't it be also, that, like. see and swing away, they're just, like. I mean, if you're going to die to relay a message, like... That's the message? That's hey, it? Hey, aliens are allergic to water. Maybe that's the message you wanted to relay. Hey, maybe just build a house on a lake after I'm gone. Like, <laughs> yeah, go to Don't the- ask me why. Move to a lake. My dying wish is you move to Florida. Like, what? Get, yeah, I don't... Get away from the corn. I'm just... Get away from the corn. Yeah. Couldn't that's it, so like... funny that people in coastal Florida will escape alien invasions because they're like they white, the xenophobic, racist asses <laughs> move to a beach house. <laughs> uh, and like, okay, when, if if he's thinking about signs, like it would also make sense that like he like didn't have faith in his brother. Like he's always kind of putting him down and telling him what to do. And then at the end, sure. he's like, you have this ability. There's your baseball bat. You save the day. I feel like that would have been more of a really, like a comment on the relationship between them as brothers rather than like God. I don't know why God had to be the thing. Like why the can't 
you know, like, affection and compassion and care for your family be the thing that, like, pulls you out of, like, an existential crisis and knits your family back together? Why does it have to be your weird, nerdy collar, you nerd? I'm I like really need to know what kind of Christians that aren't Catholic wear those kind of priest collars but can still fuck and have babies. I'm confused. Like, who are they? It says Episcopalian on the Episcopalian. Wikipedia. Oh, are they I'm big so in smart. Pennsylvania? Uh all I know it, is that pretzels came from Pennsylvania and the Amish people live there. Wow. The Amish. I would um hate to wear those long dresses in the heat like how do you farm in a long dress and a bonnet sounds horrible is it the long dress that's the problem or is it whatever layers of undergarments you're wearing underneath them well realistically you can get some flow i guess yeah it's not just the dress it's like the the bloomers i was gonna say doubloons but that's different the bloomers (laughs) (laughs) and the underwear under that and then the dress and then the petticoat or whatever it's yeah and then you got to knot it all up I bet they don't get sunburns. But. Hell no. Uh, Ray Reddy is so confusing because <sighs> obviously he is the director. He himself is the director himself. Cast himself, yeah. He, but <laughs> he he's a, he himself is himself. He is the only brown person in the movie and he vehicular manslaughtered someone. Like, why yeah. did he make himself into like the ultimate villain that murdered a like preacher's wife or whatever i'm not like why why did he make himself into the murderer of a white preacher's wife and then the white preacher's wife uses the white preacher's wife's death wife death as the catalyst for saving the day i just like why write yourself a brown man into that part and never make movies about brown people and only like white people redeeming themselves I think that Shyamalan falls into the Juan category of, like, male directors of color treating their, like, movies and the people of color in those movies worse off because of it and not better off because of it. It's like, so we see, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan playing Ray Redding, who, like, Reddy, what kind of a name is that? And then uh, he's ready see, to like, go to the lake. He's ready. He's got to go. Uh, he trapped an alien. But the <laughs> the first crop circles that are reported on the news are in India. The footage that we see um, of the alien at the birth- birthday party is in Brazil. Who a child who can speak Portuguese and suddenly English at the end. I don't know why. <laughs> it's uh, behind. Like, why would you randomly say that to presumably your father who you've only spoken Portuguese to in your right. life? Uh, and then at the end, when they're reporting on the TV before Graham pulls it all the way out, the that we hear the broadcast say um, that it all like the resolution started in the Middle East with a primitive attack method. Oh, you know I was heated. Ugh, why would they like? What the fuck? Who wrote this movie? Oh yeah, what a the brown fuck? man. I feel like yeah. brown like directors of color, like you said. I feel like. The experience of succeeding in a super, like, racist, misogynistic space, I mean, this is a huge generalization and not, and just coming out of my own, like, dumb brain, so no one at me. I mean, you wouldn't at me. We have two listeners. But uh, (laughs) I feel like 
it's like being able to claim that proximity to whiteness like just built like creates this massive gap between like the marginalized communities that they could be representing and like their desire to have proximity to like white male millionaire status or yeah like trying to fit in different if everyone in it is brown like or black like it's who like why does this have to serve center around whiteness and white christianity and like the kind of like renewal and like reclaiming of the family life of a white guy he also also like, why is it has coded, to cast like, losing your faith is the worst thing that can happen to you Right, that he's hit total rock bottom. And like, like, the alien uh, the alien invasion is a ser- more serious situation than the loss of faith. But everybody's like, father, father, like, yeah. focus, there's aliens. Forget religion. Yeah, there's fucking aliens around. Uh, he also cast, like, Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis in his, like, three first movies is, like, these, like, old ultra white male ultra action conservative heroes. yeah super conservative mel gibson is is and was and has always been violently and trash and, oh, trash, and anti-semitic and misogynistic and racist like it's problematic i and yeah it seems almost like the minority in a male in a white <laughs> okay, dominated space I just have to pause because this is how stupid I am. Uh, I was like, what M. Night Shyamalan movie is Bruce Willis in? The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. I'm I'm a dumb, dumb bitch. (laughs) Uh, That they have to like prove themselves harder. So they go instead of like fighting for the representation that, you know, they would want to see themselves on screen or represent people who have also been marginalized. They like go the opposite way and highlight only portray like ultra white white supremacist spaces so gross disgusting very gross yeah very xenophobic very strange um yeah and like if you believe in god that's fine but should be nice to people anyway and like care about your family and shit i uh yeah i don't think that like i don't know it just makes this movie feel like like a hallmark Christian channel movie rather than like a fun suspenseful horror thriller you know yeah it's like one rapture away from being left behind in Kirk Cameron okay like we're getting close to something I'm not comfortable with also why did this have to be like why did they have to fridge the woman put a man in the fridge for once goodness please put a white man in the fridge like this put could Mel be two Gibson sisters in the fridge. actually this couldn't be two sisters because women are more emotionally available and well adjusted than men so they wouldn't need this like <laughs> emotional reckoning because they're just like trying their function <laughs> I mean yeah I like whatever Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson as brothers is like kind of a funny dynamic the way that he's like Meryl is just like a joke kind of but uh yeah could have been two women could have been I forgot M. Night Shyamalan made the crappening I haven't seen that in a long time another Mark Wahlberg ultra white male action hero again who in the village is Joaquin Phoenix but there's like an old white in the village too right uh Lady in the Water is Paul Giamatti maybe not like 
Oh my He's God. Italian. Like, who was casting Paul Giamatti in, like, 2009? <laughs> I met Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hated Lady in the Water. I didn't even like it, like, pre... Because, so, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan's movies always have a twist ending, which is just, like, a revelation, right? Oh, okay, so... The village is Brendan Gleeson, which I can forgive. Okay. Who's Brendan Gleeson? Who's He's that? He's um, uh, Mad Eye Moody. Oh. Yeah. Really? I haven't seen it in so long because I. And Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah. Just skinny. Looks no. like he's dying. Love it. No. Oh, right, sorry. You were saying about the twist endings. Oh, yeah. It's not like it just. I don't know. This time, the revelation, I could have done without it. It could have just been, like, a suspenseful story where, in the end, Graham learns how to deal with his emotions. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Also, just seeing the alien, I was like, oh, man, you kind of ruined the whole thing. (laughs) He's, like, he's, like, like, a video game character, like, like moving slightly side to side. (laughs) (laughs) Like, waiting to be picked in the lobby. Like, the way that he's moving around. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and what an undignified death being struck down by the strikeout record Little League champion of Bucks County, Pennsylvania, while a glass of water falls in your face. Like <laughs> He was, yeah, well, like, Merrill is, like, a fuck-up. That's his whole... And yeah, he's like able to. I like save that the he's day. a fuck up because he like didn't get into the major league. Like, can you adjust your expectations? What are you doing? And Lionel like, Pritchard. Protective life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He Lionel Pritchard knows who he is. He's like, I do not give a shit. <laughs> he's maybe fucking around with the Wolfington brothers, but he's got a cool leather jacket. Uh, Those damn Wolfington brothers. He can works. We have the... a moment's rest from the Wolfington brothers. All right, shall we wrap this up? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about the women. Oh, we didn't really talk about Paskey and her what like. Women? She's oh yeah, the cop. She is a cop, but she's a woman, so she's like she's like not I as threatening. So motherly, I talk to like it was a nice thing for you to do, Meryl, and talking to Morgan about his interests and shit. Like, I don't know. And then she disappears from the narrative one hundred percent completely. Like, goodbye. It's, <laughs> Horror movies often have that, like, cop is old man, cop is lady, cop is black man, so that they're not, like, all cops are white guys and bad guys. See, there's some of them who are black or ladies or old. So, like, it's they're all bastards. Yeah, it's total fucking copaganda. And she's, like, delivers the news that Colleen is split in half by a truck very gently, but Mm -hmm. even, like, remote Bucks County, Pennsylvania cops that don't have to like serve black indigenous people of color populations and thus can't enact violence against them are still part they're still complicit in a system that approves state sanctioned murder so fuck them fuck caroline please don't work for the people paskey paskey i I got your name wrong as a sign of disrespect to your profession I like Cherry Jones, though. I like Cherry Jones, too. She's, I first saw her in Transparent, which seems weird. I should have seen her somewhere else before that. Um, Yeah, but I don't think this. That also, um, talk about a bad movie. Uh Uh-oh. 
I don't think this movie passes the Bechtel test. Absolutely not. And all of the women we see, uh, three women, four women. So Bo is baby, right? Uh, Colleen is fridged mother. Mm-hmm. And then Officer Paskey is mother uh, slash like godmother almost. She's like watching over them. And then we have the pharmacy girl who is slut. Very one note, very boring and misogynistic portrayal of women. Oh man, I, I advocate for a pharmacy girl. Tracy Abernathy Tracy to come Abernathy. back. She was the best part of this movie, frankly. She's fun. She's, I thought it was fun. She's totally fun. I don't know where the fuck I see Cherry Jones. The um, West Wing, I guess. Ocean's 12. You love know. the West Wing, it's true. Um, Me? No, I have been subjected to it by my dad. It just he's always on at his house. She was in Black Mirror. Gotta love oh it. man, I still haven't watched Black Mirror. She oh, was, she was in an episode of Frasier. I haven't. Ocean's I Twelve. Have, love the oceans. Unfortunately, I. Do. I have some really like shameful eras of my life where I was just like only watching Frasier. <laughs> embarrassing. A little no, on the embarrassing side. So I think I maybe told you this, but Adam and I have just been like putting on Seinfeld in the background since it's on, um, it's on Netflix. And yeah, yeah outside of Jerry Offensive. Seinfeld being a basically a pedophile, uh, wow, that show is fat phobic, racist. Like, it is so damaging to so many populations. Anti-Semitic too. Very anti-Semitic. Uh, very like especially racist against South Asian populations. I think they're have they're like only black people in bit parts. Super misogynistic. Like yikes. Uh, Caesar hates like he has these really weird things about like very particular shows, and one of them is Seinfeld. Like he doesn't like Friends, even though I like can't help it. I love Friends. It's also racist like and misogynistic and fat phobic, but uh, it's part of me. It, like, lives in my heart. Listen, but he hates Seinfeld. Things. Hates it. Will not watch, like, a second of it. He'll, like, just, like, yell until you turn it off or he leaves the room. Like, he hates That's Seinfeld. That's so funny. So. But he loves The Simpsons. Uh, he loves The Simpsons. What other, like, that? does he have any other, like, 90s sitcom weaknesses? No. I mean, he d- he didn't. According to him, he never watched TV. But uh, he, like, didn't. Like, I was talking to him about Step by Step the other day. He's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, <gasps> never you never watched Step, step by Wait, Step? Step by Step, step is the one with the... It's the one with the... Day by day. That's the... um, Suzanne Summers. like, Suzanne Summers Step Family one, right? Yeah. I don't know why I love that show I like Step by Step, too. I loved Growing Pains because... um. I guess I like really liked Alan Thick. I don't know. I just felt comforted by Growing Pains. <laughs> I was never. We never really watched Growing Pains that much. I did watch it sometimes, but it was like Full House was on Family Matters. Always on Family Matters. I loved Family Matters. I, such a I watched on a Eddie. lot of Sister Sister. Oh, I love Sister Sister. Hanging with Mister Cooper. Yeah. All the UPN forty five shows. Wait, what did Caesar do? Did his parents like? Do stuff with him. I mean, according to <laughs> was him, he, he only was he, he raised was only by ever, his family and, and not TV. the television. I don't know. <laughs> Can't relate. But I, he's was like I was always outside. But he remembers some shows. But he wasn't like a 
family sitcom. Oh yeah, I guess I was like kind of seven p.m. I was outside too, but I also really loved television and TV, so I, I mean, also we, wanted to do that. My sister, like, and he I watched would do Power Rangers, like in front of the TV. Like we would come home and. My dad wasn't there, and my mom was teaching piano, so she never, she didn't check on us for, like, (laughs) four hours after we got home. So we would just sit in front of the TV and watch whatever was on. I mean, I used to like to watch, like, when, as I got older, like, the WB, like, teen drama reruns, because they would run them on, like, TBS or whatever, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'd just make a snack. Do our homework in front of the TV. Fight very frequently. Fight. <laughs> we yeah. My sister would fight about what we were watching. I never wanted to watch what she wanted to watch. Uh, and then my dad would put on like the news and then walk away and then be like, "I'm still watching it," but he's in the kitchen. And then we had this like weird desk thing that was like fuzzy. It was like it wasn't a desk. It was like a chair, but it was like the weirdest shaped chair I've ever seen. I don't know what it was for, but it had like. <laughs> It was, like, made of diagonal slats, so one slat was, like, maybe at a 45-degree angle, kind of, like, what, like, you would write on, and then the other seat was, like, at, like, a 90-degree angle the other way, and that's where you would sit, but it was all fuzzy. It wasn't, like, a flat surface. Both parts were fuzzy. You're describing the most 1990s thing I've ever heard in my life. It didn't make any sense, (laughs) but I would, like, put my notebooks on it and sit at this weird angle on this chair and do my homework. And that was the first time I heard about the original Night Stalker known as Richard Ramirez. And it kind of scarred me a little bit. Um, on I think it was oh, on Forensic man. Files probably, but I remember it vividly. And my dad being, I was like, Oh, what does that mean? And everyone's like, nah, next channel. Like, don't for, don't ask what You're rape like, means. Well, Gotta go. I'll never forget this moment. It will probably <laughs> shape my personality. And how I approach the world for the rest of my life. Thanks, everyone. My mom claims to have been watching the Menendez brothers trial footage while she was pregnant with me, and that's why I'm so weird. (laughs) Okay, I mean, that's as good a reason as any. Why not? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, well, this week we're going to fuck xenophobia. Sorry Mm. to all you people out there who are listening who are avid uh, Christians, I'm sure a lot of religious folks are tuning in for this, but definitely fuck white systemic like organized Christianity. It's like the worst thing in the world. It is damaging to a lot of people. Yeah, things. I, it's like for I feel like the first time I was like, oh, I grew up in a cult. I was like, oh man, the pieces are coming together more now. Because it's like evangelical Ooh. Christianity, that's like a full-on cult. It's culty. Yeah. I mean, like, everybody tell me what the, is the difference between a cult and an organized religion. Come on. There is Somebody no bring on a definition. I don't know. They're the same picture. But that's to say you can practice and think whatever it is you want to think, duh. But also, like, just don't hurt anyone else. Don't hurt anyone. Ideologies. Don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. I don't want to talk about it unless you're like, hail Satan. I'm like, hey, me too. Cool. Let's be friends. But anyway. He is risen. <laughs> He's risen six, six. Okay. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram at spooky succubus underscore cast. 
Maybe we'll post, maybe not. You can't I'm tell with do us. It. Don't worry. It's kind of feast and famine over here these days. Uh, and if you want to talk to us, just DM us over there. Um, Beefcakes of Horror, we love you, whoever you are. Again, as Again. always. As always. And everybody else listening, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, let us know. We'll shout you out. Love you, too. We love you, uh, so stay ugly. And get fucked. Get fucked. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.